Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial Home and Away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavna, where I take a weekly look at the trials and tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week, I'm going to do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters find themselves in, like, is hiding a criminal from your boyfriend a dumbbell offence? Or is murdering a murderer really a crime? Get ready to feel closer each day to Home and Away. Before I get started, I want to share a top tip to really enhance your home and away viewing, and that's no spoilers. So when you get to the end of your episode, hit pause, run for the remote, turn it on mute, and don't look at what's coming up next on the episode. I promise you it is a total game changer. Try it for one week and just see. Avoid the internet, avoid reading episode descriptions, avoid reading spoilers online, and perfect melodramatic thrills await you. Also, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can email summerbayspodcast at gmail.com. That's Bay spelled B-A-E-S. So the week started off with some happy news. Jasmine found herself feeling a bit weird. And then after seeing a pregnant lady at the gym, she's like, oh, hold up. I think I could be pregnant. So she has a lovely chat with Maggie, gets a bit inspired and kind of realises that it's a lovely silver lining to Robbo's death. Tells Irene, te- then tells Tori, then tells the gossip gals, Maz and Rue, etc. But why hasn't she done a pregnancy test? I feel like she's like building up to this big lovely moment, but then like has never tested it. And Irene does point out, will you te- make sure you get a test? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I know I will. But I think she's like so in love with the idea. She might just want it too much that she just won't get a test in case it's not true. I don't know. I just don't can't see her little face get any more heartbroken. She's had such a tough time. So hopefully that would all go well. And it would mean that Grace has like a younger sibling. So that's kind of cute and really bonds Tori and Jasmine. But could Willow have been any less supportive? Like I know she's going through her own stuff, but when Jasmine was telling the gossip girls, Willow's like, I'm so happy for you. And like that really wasn't very sincere. And Willow had just snapped at her a few days ago. Like, would you not let that be the icebreaker and just be a bit happy for your pal who's never said one mean word to you? And like, let's not forget that time, maybe a few years ago when Willow went through that stealing phase when she was gambling a lot and Jasmine copped on and Willow slapped her. Like, they have a big, big past. And Jasmine really is too good to her sometimes. And could you not have just like faked your happiness for one minute, Willow? So yeah, Willow has been pretty darn grumpy. She's antsy at everybody. She's definitely going through the anger phase of the breakup, slapping her sandals all over the bay and anyone coming in her way is just in for trouble. But luckily, um, she has great support. Uh, Dean knows her so well and knows that she's in trouble and he kind of comes in to help, as does Colby, which is nice to get a bit of support there. And they did have the gay conversation, which I thought was very progressive in Home and Away standards and I love how they like Home and Away always does kind of the PSA public service announcements for issues to kind of educate I suppose the wider public and I really liked how they handle this now I must say because the lads are like well what does this mean are you gay now and I loved Willow's response because she was like why do we have to label this 
And then she was like, I felt like my life was really going somewhere with her. So it kind of made the point where you, it doesn't matter who you fall in love with. It's just that they made you feel great. And that's just, that's the important part. I just like how they handled that. And it was straight. It was to the point, knocked on the head, loved it. And I also loved Colby's uh, jokes about being a divorcee. He's really being, while he has a very stressful storyline, he is pretty funny. And I do really enjoy that. And I'm glad now Dean has taken her off for a trip away. Hopefully that will sort her head out watching Dean surf for endless hours. And when he wasn't helping Willow, Dean was getting involved in his sister Max's love life. So the flirting is continuing with herself and Ari. Oh, oh, I just... Oh, I just... I feel like... I really like her and... I, but I just, the flirting is just so textbook. It's like how to flirt 101 and the, oh, it's just really, it's just really making me cringe. I just, it's just too like formulaic or something. It's like, like there's no heat in it. It's all just like cheese, cheese, extra cheese. Oh, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Who knows? But I do sense the bubbling of a love triangle because Ari starts playing cold and then Colby is now aggressively training to get his body and his boot off. I love how much he hates his boot. It's great (laughs) because he needs to boot it up the stairs to tell Mac how he feels. And because she started playing cold because of Ari, she's accidentally kind of playing hard to get. And I really love actually how they've relaxed Ari's look. Like they've kind of given him a bit more like floppy hair. He's a bit more stubble. He's less kind of scowly. And this is all like he's gotten way better looking and it's it's working for Mac because God loves a trier there she was at the caravan park feet up beer in hand Porsche rolled up outside it's a real kind of like rich little city girl mixes with mysterious criminally man now after Ari goes for the shower I could not believe she was still sitting there and I suppose her persistent paid off and like he did come back not wearing his shirt so like I assume he was thinking, mm, well, if she's still there waiting for me, like, may as well show show off the guns or something. But then they actually start getting on really well and they're, they're really cute together and spend the night. Meanwhile, poor old Colby is waiting at Salt with Bella, Bella delivering some home truths, like a classic younger sister. And um, yeah, I was kind of sad when she told Colby no. And I've kind of like forgotten all about the effect this has on the Paradas. So when when Nick hears John and Marilyn fighting, he starts getting worried. And then it's like, Ari, you are so hard on Nick. Why are you just breaking all the rules with Mackenzie? And then Gemma barging into Salt being like, you're sleeping with the cop's ex. Like, hello, Ari. That is like, box, don't do that. But then I suppose like, you know, being cooped up in jail for eight years, maybe he needs to just get back on the dating scene, I suppose. Speaking of Bella, I loved on Friday, the end of the show, and in the most Bella way possible, she tells Nick she likes him by screaming I like you at him and storming off as if it's his fault. And I just love it. It was amazing. So that's one couple who are looking like they're going to get together. And one couple that I thought might be uncoupling were Lee and Justin. So start of the week, it gets really awkward um, when Leah stays with Irene and they have this really awkward encounter in in the caravan park and neither of them know what to do. Tori's giving Justin advice. Sidebar, Tori's hair this week. Oh my gosh. It's so 
curly and voluminous like it's always pretty good but it seems like they've just been doing the like relaxed curl a lot and I love it but then Irene was giving really good advice to Leah and kind of getting her to see because Leah was kind of being a bit shirty with Justin in the Carvin Park and like that's really not that fair because like as Irene said like you don't know what Justin went through like he never gave up on you he was pestering the cops he was checking your website like 24-7 and then Leah was like, well, now I feel worse. I was like, excuse me, like you, you have to understand he's only trying to help and he cares about you so much. And when they were having the chat at the bait shop, I thought they were going to break up and I was in the Justin boat. I really wasn't happy with that. I'm delighted that their relationship kind of just then came out of the gutter and that they have their new agreement of lots of space and let Leah be Leah. She's going to be back working soon. And it was nice how they kind of got through that together because what was coming was just so sad because the family get a big shock when Mason's ashes arrive and when they weren't told and it was kind of like a, I didn't see that coming at all. And I think it's lovely what they did deciding to bury Mason's ashes with their parents and the same as what they did with Ginger the bunny and he wanted to be, he said that that's what heaven must feel like, never being alone. Oh, it was just so lovely. The speeches at the grave, oh, I shed a little tear there. And also when Justin was in the shower, it was just, oh, it was really hard. And I think now it's great that Leah can kind of be there for Justin. So they really are leaning on each other and it's lovely. And I think the idea to turn Mason's room into Grace's nursery is lovely. And that's a great project for Leah and Justin. But I also kind of feel like after Justin was like a bit sad in the shower and then he they go to the diner and he's just a bit like down in the dumps. And then Lee and Tori are like, life goes on kind of thing. And I just thought that was a bit like, I know they kind of have to like sweep that story away, but like it is his brother and he's lost his parents and he's allowed to be a bit mopey if he wants to be mopey. And I just kind of think, let's keep the light of Mason alive. And But I did think it was like a lovely touching goodbye to him. And I really do like the nursery idea. I think that's great. And I think they're going to do a great job. And what I found strange this week is they contrasted the Mason burial story with the Maggie and Ben scandal. And I found that kind of hard because I really enjoyed those storylines separately. But I kind of thought that they took away from each other because one minute I was like, and then the next minute I was getting a bit teary. So I kind of found that juxtaposition, shall I say, a little bit tricky because I wanted to enjoy both but I kind of found it was being pulled in two different directions. But anyway, Maggie is getting annoyed that Marco won't go away. Even though Ben is getting closer to Marco, he's opening up about his depression and what went wrong. And so just a bit of a backstory on Ben's boards. So the surf shop that he owns, he did this big order about six, 12 months ago and it, for this company in Indonesia, was going to set up the business for a long time He sends off the order to the company and then he gets a call from the police and customs have found Ben's boards all laced with drugs over in Indonesia. It was a total setup, but it spiralled Ben into a deep depression. He ended up living in the caravan park, couldn't handle that his business had failed and he's been recovering from that ever since. So that's weighed against Maggie's decision whether or not she should or shouldn't tell Ben. So Ben is opening up to Marco and Marco seems to have absolutely no conscience saying to Maggie, oh, we all have our own stuff to deal with. Ugh. And the lads, and this all happens over a night of beers and Prosecco, shall we say? And I love a good drunk Ben or any kind of drunk home and away character. It's great. 
Ben wakes up with a bit of a hangover and he's like, no, we don't have to do it. So Maggie is gone. Look, will this fix your family, this business deal? Or are you risking all our hard-earned cash for sentimental reasons? And Ben wakes up the next day and he's like, totally, no, I don't. we don't need to do it. But now as the blackmail has intensified, Maggie's the one convincing Ben to do it. And ah, my wish came true. She's told Rue. And that's great because Rue is so cool, so sound, love her work. She's great sounding board and she's a, she's just a great person and I lo- really love their friendship. But Maggie's lying risks her entire marriage. So I am very interested to see how this will play out. Is Marco just bluffing? Like if Maggie has to continue on with this narrative and this lie, Marco will hold that over her head forever. So... Is Maggie better off taking things into her own hands? But like she has been sitting on this for 22 years. So I look, I don't know. It's a tough one, but I'm glad she started to talk to someone because the wheels are in motion. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what this story has in, in, in store because I think it's it's a good one because this couple, while they're great, they're annoyingly in love with each other. Like they're so handsy and smoochy and and touchy feely so they're all, they're like they're still as in love with each other now as they were when they were like 19 when they got together but who knows where that story is going to go but it's very unpredictable marco is a dark horse and it's the biggest test maggie and ben have faced i think ever and while all of this is going on it, i don't know if anyone else has noticed the lighting has changed in the surf club and it's all gone very like um cinematic or something I don't know, they're obviously using different cameras, but I'm loving it. It looks really professional, like super HD, very glossy or something. I really like that. Right. Okay. so it is time now to go through some of your emails that came in over the week. So first one comes in from Miss Sophie Killian. She says, Good day, Miss Samabai. And thanks for highlighting how creepy Leah's captor was. The lack of eyebrows gave me night terrors. Yes, Douglas's eyebrows were such a good touch by the makeup department that really made him look very unhinged. Ugh, gave him a weird edge. Okay, well, she goes on to say, what I'm struggling most about the storyline is Leah's hair. Now that she's free, like, give the girl some shampoo or a hair bobbin. And I totally, usually it is quite luscious. So I don't know if this is actually something that they've done on purpose, but I think it's a good thing of noting because usually she has like such glossy hair and at the moment it's just a bit like matty and dead and I didn't notice that so thank you. I really love going through each of the cast members, the style all of them have because it really is true to who they are and it always stays quite consistent and I really do love that touch and I love how they repeat their clothes as well it's great. And So Sophie's mail then goes on to talk about Mackenzie's fashion being too formal in a beach setting And also the way Mackenzie moved on to Ari was the ultimate cringe fest. Well, amen to that. And that she should ask Bella, the brat, to teach her how to flirt because that girl has no game and I totally second all of what you said there. So thanks for sending that in. Jen emailed in as well and she said, because Marilyn is such a hippy-dippy character, her fashion actually doesn't really match her personality. Like, you know, when she's having her down days and she wears like the caftans and the moo-moo kind of flowery, animally printy type scarf kind of dresses they happen but then she wears them with high heels it just it's kind of a bit confusing so yeah I've definitely noticed that as well and then I got a message in from Jilly and she has a theory about the Maggie and Ben situation which I'm going to hold on to and see if it comes true and finally Alex asks 
why does Dean not want Mackenzie to be in a relationship with any man? What am I missing? I know, it is so weird. I don't understand why he's getting so involved in her love life. Uh, Like, I reckon he's just being protective because he did see Mackenzie lay it on thick with Ari and it was very much one-sided. So he's probably like, oh, don't waste your time. But then I don't understand why he's discouraging Colby because he knows that Colby genuinely really likes her and they have history. So why he wouldn't want that to happen and then it ties them up into a lovely little family with like Dean, Ziggy, Bella, Colby, Mackenzie. And I just don't know. It feels like, yeah, you do- I don't know if there's any malice behind it. I just think he's being really protective with those gorgeous green eyes of his. <laughs> well, on that note, I think it's a good place to wrap it up for today. If you want to get in touch, you can email summerbayspodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-E-S. Tell me how you get on with the no spoilers. Try it for a week and see. See if it works. Does it add extra tension, drama, intrigue? Because I know it will. I know it's tempting to look ahead, but it is totally worth it. So let me know how you get on. Well, that about wraps it up for Summer Bays this week. G'day, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.